Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for joining us again on the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. Yo, this weekend was crazy. We got so much to go over with you, so many things to uncover, kind of give our opinions on what's about to happen next, a little bit of prognostication, all that good stuff. We definitely going to make sure that you are ready to go for this upcoming week. As usual, I got my man with me, Young Vander. Holler at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my man, man, Bo Joe. Holler at him, Joe. What's good, Fantasy Fiend family? Let's go. All right, so we're going to get you in the game. Again, if you're looking for us, Fantasy underscore Fiend at Twitter, on IG, Fantasy Football Fiend, and on Facebook, the Fantasy Football Fiend family Facebook group. Bonjour, konnichiwa, hola, como esta, good day, mate, uten tag, good day, a, and what's poppin'? Let's get into it with your news. And now your fantasy news. All right, so we got several injuries, um, as normal, to talk about on a Monday morning. Um, the most significant, um, seemingly, is going to be Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, the rookie quarterback, he's likely facing a multi-week absence. He has a grade two PCL spring in his knee, uh, which suggests he's looking at a recovery timetable somewhere between two to four weeks at minimum per the pro football doc, um, which is uh, David Chow. I use a lot of his information. He normally puts out his prognosis as far as whether or not a player is going to be hurt long-term or the significance of the injury. He, he's normally the first one to get that kind of information out there. And he's, he's an actual doctor, so he kind of knows what he's talking about. But uh, with Zach Wilson, he wasn't exactly firing on all cylinders prior to the injury. Not even exactly sure who or where his backup came from, but he's just the guy i don't even know that i would advise our listeners to go pick up the backup i think it's just going to be more of the same or possibly an even worse case scenario than what you got with zach wilson but um that knee injury looks like it's going to have him out for several weeks um is this almost a blessing in disguise now you can't start him versus putting him in there and hoping for the best well if you're in a one quarterback league i'm sure you didn't even have this guy on your team right but if you're in a two-quarterback uh, league, I'm not sure there's a pivot. The only pivot probably out there on your league is the backup. So, I mean, grab him. Can he do any worse? I mean, the Jets are one in five, and Zach he wasn't going to do anything all year. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd rather have Case Keenum than, than the backup to Zach Wilson. Just okay. see, see what happens. Uh, he, he may be in there for, you know, a couple weeks, two, three weeks, whatever the case is. You might have to piece it together if you're in a two-QB league and you were dependent on Wilson. But here's the good thing about it. If you're in a two QB league and you were winning, 
it wasn't because of Zach Wilson anyway. It was in spite of your running back can get a few extra points and give you the same amount of points that Zach was getting. So you, you'll be fine. You just have to make sure you're paying attention. Um, speaking of running backs, Josh Jacobs, at least when he got hurt, he gave you a few fantasy points prior to. Um, he at least put up a touchdown. I uh, got a few yards in there, but he has a chest injury. Uh, but the indication is he avoided anything serious. So he may be, you know, back and ready, you know, right after the bye here. They have a week eight bye anyway. So it'll give him a little bit of extra time to heal up. I don't foresee him missing extended time. Chest injuries can be a little tricky, but I foresee him being back right after the bye. He's kind of coming along quietly. He was one of those guys that was a little disappointing to start the season, and, and he, you, he might be someone that you can go grab on the cheap, especially uh, currently having the injury designation and going into a bye week. But what do you guys' thoughts on Josh Jacobs? I don't feel any different today than I feel about Josh yesterday. Like you say, he's just coming along. Nothing really special. Kenyon Drake is playing well. I suggest if you have Josh Jacobs, if Kenyon Drake is available, he's only rostered in the 63% of the leagues in Yahoo. At least have the, the handcuff. I would almost say you need to go trade for the handcuff if you have Jacobs, to be honest. It's, for sure. It's not on your waiver. You got um, Tyrod, who is ready to resume practicing. So Davis Mills may or may not be the starter for the Houston Texans in week eight. Don't think it's going to matter much. You remember, it seems so far ago that we were amazed at the fact that Vegas gave the Arizona versus Houston game an 18-point over-under, which actually ended up increasing to a 19-and-a-half-point spread, excuse me, and they they, they covered. <laughs> Houston is in bad shape. It, it's falling down in Houston, seriously. But Tyrod may be on his way back. That may be a guy that you can go ahead and grab may be on your waiver if you're in a two-quarterback league and you just lost Zach Wilson. Tyrod is definitely going to give you more consistent points than Wilson did. So that could be a pivot as well. Now, I brought this up last week and we kind of glossed over it. I think we actually now have to spend a little bit more time on it. What the hell is happening to Kansas City? I mean, they, they, they look mediocre at best. That's to be nice. I mean... Patrick Mahomes avoided major injury. We thought he may have had a concussion. He, he avoided concussion protocol and all that kind of good stuff. He was never put into that process. So that hit to the head that he took didn't cause too much damage as far as in the way of concussion. But man, Kansas City just, they just don't look like Kansas City right now. And I can't put my finger on what's causing the discombobulation that's going on with that team. Like I said before, the Super Bowl was the blueprint on how to slow this offense, this offense down. And, uh, and on their defensive end, they're not stopping anyone. Fact. I mean, they're just not stopping the run. They're not stopping the pass. Like, I mean, you can't win like that, you know. Defenses are figuring them out offensively, and the defense isn't s slowing anyone down. So, I mean, that's going to be a recipe for disaster. It's dismal, man. And I, like you said, it's, it's just a copycat league at this point. We're just seeing, like, that too high safety concept is just doing them damage. And they're doing a good job at taking away the, the middle, of course, where Kelsey – and Tyreek definitely got busy. So it's, I just like, I love the concepts, but like you said, it's it's a copycat league. And I think Mahomes is still hurt, and Kelsey is definitely banged up too. We have Miles Sanders, who suffered an ankle injury. He wasn't able to return to Sunday's game. Uh, we have no update just yet on the extent of the injury, uh, but he wasn't able to come back into the game. That bode well for Kenneth Gainwell. Um, who 
may only need this slight injury if it ends up keeping Miles Sanders out for a minute to take over that job. I mean, let, let's remember, although Miles Sanders is very much talented, he wasn't drafted by this coaching staff. Um, they drafted a position of luxury in as, as in running back when they needed a whole lot of other holes to fill. So that means they definitely, as a coaching staff, saw something in Kenneth Gainwell that they didn't see currently on the roster. And as of late, um, especially if you're in PPR, uh, Gainwell has been as consistent, if not more consistent, in gaining points than uh, Miles Sanders. He's definitely um, gotten the the touchdowns uh, and was the cheaper uh, the cheaper to get. So that's just definitely something you want to keep your eye on. Miles Sanders. Um, I think Vander said like two three weeks ago. Don't even let the weekend go by without trading this guy. And right now. You're in a, if you got him, you might, you might just be stuck with him, especially with this injury now. So I'm cool with the whole, you know, everybody chasing Gainwell, but in my opinion, I think Boston Scott is the guy to get. Even in yesterday's game, he outcarried Gainwell. So I know everybody think Gainwell is the next man up, but I think Boston Scott would probably play a pivotal role in this team moving forward. I got to piggyback off that. That's a good call out. I think Boston Scott would be a great play. Gamewell seems to have that bros kind of role, and I do love his upside. I think he is a tremendous runner, and if anything, I don't know if Miles Sanders, I don't know if he come back next year. I think he might get traded. Now, we had the chance to talk about a lot of the injuries. In other news, there were several performances on yesterday that um, came out of nowhere, and then there were a few that was that were just puzzling. I'm not sure if you guys got the opportunity to see the Sunday night game with Indy and San Fran. It was raining cats and dogs and Wentz was still able to hold serve. That kind of kind of showed me he, he has a little bit in the tank. I mean, he completed 17 to 26 passes for 150 yards, two touchdowns. The two touchdowns kind of saved his bacon. He rushed for 23 yards. Not much to speak of there, but uh, they won 30 to 18 over the 49ers. I mean, there were a couple of passes that were dropped in that game that, that should have been uh, taken to the house. Like there was one uh, pass to Hines that it literally hit him in the hands. There was no one within 10 feet of any direction of him. He would have definitely taken that to the house. And I would have had to cry in the car because I would have lost the, the fantasy lead that I needed to win in the most. So that was a really good game. And Wentz is kind of stepping up. With that being the case, Michael Pittman Jr. is also a guy who is really starting to come into his own, especially with the issues that T.Y. Hilton has been having. Pittman hauled in all four of his targets for 105 yards and a touchdown on Sunday. So he definitely was able to get you where you need to go um, if you had a spot start or him as a wide receiver three, whatever the case may be. Did you guys happen to see the Patriots Jets game? No, I didn't catch it. That was abuse, but I didn't see it. (laughs) It was really, man, look here. Mac Jones is looking like he might just be the best rookie QB. I don't think he has the highest ceiling. But as far as right now, today, who would you take if you had to go win a game and they had to play mistake-free? I would have to go with Mac Jones. He is really, really coming along just as the pundit said he would uh, in the offseason as far as being the most NFL-ready QB at this point in the game. That was an awesome game. The uh, New England defense was able to do what they needed to do. I'm just uh, hoping that we can kind of keep the trend going because it seems like we beat up on the teams that we should beat up on and the ones that we, you know, it's, it's kind of 
an even matchup, we end up, you know, going under. And the Washington football team went up against the Packers. Huge L. That was a 24 to 10 game. And I mean, that was, man, if you guys had Gibson in, you know, I might try to, we'll talk about him in, a, in another segment coming up soon. But the Washington football team is going the exact opposite way of what I thought they were going to do this year. What in the world is going on with that defense? That's definitely the biggest surprise to me is the way the defense is playing this year. Very hot last year. Another year uh, for Chase and, and the guys. And I was thinking, hey, this defense is going to be crazy this year. And they've been everything but that. Another one of your predictions is coming to fruition, Vander. Do you, uh, do, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Hey, way of hey. Mr. Kyle Pitt, you, you remember one of your predictions was he's going to end up breaking, I don't know if you said all or several, but you said yeah, he's going to end up breaking a whole bunch of rookie records. He is well on, in route and on pace to doing so he's not quite getting the touchdowns just yet but he's getting yards like he's a wide receiver almost at this point at the expense of calvin ridley because calvin ridley had like double digit targets only caught like four the touchdown saved his bacon he only ended up in the standard league at least with around like eight points or so but again the touchdown is what saved his bacon i'm not exactly sure what atlanta has going on or what this new offensive coordinator is doing but we are watching a guy who looked like he could be the next big thing at wide receiver. He, he's looking like he's almost obsolete. He's just out there. I mean, granted, he did get the touchdown, but where are the yards? Like, didn't he have a stretch where he had like over 100 yards in like three, four, five games straight or something like that last year? I mean, he, he's not getting any yards this year. I definitely think it's the OC. Um, really, is one of those guys who was tops in the league when it comes to yards per reception. So, which means that, you know, he's getting downfield vertical routes it seems this year they run a lot of short routes with him a lot of crossing routes for some reason i'm not sure like that's really not his strength and i really think the coordinator is really not taking advantage of him correctly where really need to be getting downfield i think it actually opened up the offense even more if you let really get more vertical then you can use pits more underneath and those old kind of routes but it's they're doing the opposite like pits is getting downfield and he's crossing so it's, it's, it's a little crazy we have the Carolina Panthers who are in complete flux right now, right along with the Miami Dolphins. I bring both of those teams up because they are both now rumored to be in pursuit of Deshaun Watson. So again, we have Deshaun Watson in the news. At this point, unlike when the stove was just turned on a couple of weeks ago, now we literally have people talking about it during games. We literally have them talking about what the possible pieces are as almost a formality so once you have competition that is normally what moves the meter so what i mean by that is when it was just miami saying hey you know this is all we're willing to do versus well now somebody else can come in behind you and do what you weren't willing to do that may be the straw that kind of stirs that Kool-Aid a little bit more to the point where there's action made. We're going to find out one way or another within the next week because November the 2nd is the trade deadline. This may be a game changer for you if you can go ahead and get out in front of the news. Your worst case scenario, if Deshaun Watson is on the tail end of your bench, you just drop him, pick up somebody else from the waiver like you normally would with the person on the tail end of your bench. But I guarantee you this, if they say he's now a Carolina Panther, or he's now a Miami Dolphin, and you look at the piece that you had to drop on the tail end of your bench to add him, 
You're going to consider yourself a fool that you wasn't willing to give up that tail end of your bench piece for a game-changing quarterback. Just the lottery ticket. You may or may not get it, but just having that lottery ticket could prove to change your season or to push you further to the top if you already have a good record. But I mean, I just got an alert uh, to my phone and saying the talks are pretty much uh, intensifying. So I think this deal can actually get done if it is, if it will get done in the next couple of days. So maybe even today or tomorrow. I think the uh, Houston Texans are looking at the way their team are going and like, yo, we got to get something for this guy, get some type of compensation. I think everybody right now is in need. Carolina's in need, Miami's in need, and Houston's in need. So they need to sit down and figure this thing out. Yeah, I think that was a phenomenal call out. And I actually went and got Watson the moment you said that. And like you said, you don't you don't lose nothing by holding them to after the trade deadline. Like, you know, and I think either any one of these teams he's gonna be phenomenal with, but if he goes to Carolina and the connections is there, the Panthers owner was wanting Deshaun already with Seaback coming back. Oh man. And Get remember, he played his college ball in South Carolina, so uh, he he'd be he'd be close to home, uh, not not quite Clemson, but North Carolina is pretty close to where he played his college ball. So there may be a little bit of a reprieve, if you will, by the fans. You may have a few people that will you know cheer him versus booing him in light of his current situation. I can't even imagine the Deshaun Watson, DJ Moore connection for me to have Deshaun Watson on one of my big money leagues to have Deshaun Watson actually end up going to Carolina and already having DJ Moore game change like, like yeah, Robbie Anderson too changing. absolutely that's his absolutely. Will but here's the thing this is this is the part that I didn't even think about until literally just now can you imagine the lanes that Christian McCaffrey will have with a running quarterback especially that running quarterback are you kidding me Oh, my God. I mean, think about it. This guy creates lanes on his own. Sam Donald had the most rushing touchdowns of any quarterback when Christian McCaffrey was playing because you have to focus on McCaffrey. If Deshaun Watson is back there, can you, man, look, if you thought Sam Donald was putting up touchdowns, my God, like it's going to get bonkers. Like that would, they, they have everything they need on defense. Like Carolina, go for the gusto. Forget them lottery picks. Forget those are draft picks. Uh, there, there are no guarantees assigned to that. You're guaranteed to be getting a 25-year-old quarterback stud that may possibly be able to be your QB until he's 40, 45. You got, you got a, a decade minimally with this guy. Forget the suspension that he may have next year. I don't care if he ends up serving a full-year suspension after he goes to court or whatever the case is again he's 25 run your backup out there get a better draft pick and have Deshaun coming back with even better pieces because of where you ended up falling in the draft it's it's real simple math to me especially if you're a GM like with Miami the GM and coach aren't even going to be there long enough to see those picks come to fruition why would you not go get Deshaun? he may actually save your job I, I don't I, I don't get this. We're taking the long term approach when your job isn't long term, especially in Miami. And I'm telling you right now, if Miami messes around and lets Deshaun Watson go to the Panthers, their owner is firing everybody. I promise you he will. They 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 better get it done. They they better get it done and do it quick. And that about wraps up the news, unless there's as I always ask, unless there's anything that I neglected to throw out there. Is there were were there any other injuries that you guys saw or any other 
important actions that took place this weekend that we kind of need to let people know about? Nothing I can think of right now. I'm sure some will come up like always. <laughs> right. <laughs> 10 for, 10 for. Well, let's go ahead and get into that. Get them, drop them, keep them. Get them, drop them, keep them. Get them, drop them, keep them. This is where we shed a little light on the people that we are prospecting, the people that we are looking to possibly trade or drop to waiver, and the people that we're looking to keep, even though they may have had a a down week or they may be in a little bit of a a seasonal lull, if you will. I'll go ahead and and get us started with the, the players that I suggest figuring out a way to go get. Number one on my list is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, man, this guy is really turning into something. What they were able to do against the Baltimore Ravens, that just kind of showed me that he's taken a step in his maturation process. The Bengals have literally never beat the Ravens by that point thread. They ended up being a 41 to 17 game. Vander, you said specifically that you felt like this was going to be one of those games that Lamar wasn't really going to be able to get off and that he was going to end up looking a, a lot less than what we've come to know. And man, spot on. The whole team in general just didn't show up. I mean, this is literally Lamar's first time losing to the Bengals, which is a, a feat in of itself. It's going to, I believe, continue to go in this same direction. There aren't too many defenses in my estimation that they're going to go against going forward that are at the caliber of the Baltimore Ravens. So I can I can only see this fantasy output continuing for Joe Burrow. It definitely helps that he has the uh, young stud, Jamar Chase. This guy, he's different. Forget what we saw preseason. Forget the jokes and the memes. Chase is for real. And to have Higgins and Boyd as your two and three, not to mention CJ Uzama, who we kind of left him for dead. And this guy is is showing up like he might be a premier tight end. Um, Joe Burrow throwing him the ball. So my first guy to go get before he consistently puts up the type of points that he did this week. You might want to see if Joe Burrow is available. In many cases, he may be someone's a second or third quarterback um, if you're in a, a, a two QB league or something of that nature. I like the way this team looks. Uh, you definitely see the chemistry that Burrow and Chase has. But the funny thing about it is the emergence of Jamar Chase has really hurt T. Higgins and especially Tyler Boyd. It, it really has hurt their their growth in that offense because, I mean, Joe Burrow is really looking for Chase when he's backing up. You know what I mean? So I knew this game was going to be a little tough because it's one of those things where matchups, what is, what's the thing I'm looking for? Matchups make games? Yeah, man. In a way. Yeah. And the Bengals just, it's something about the Bengals and the Ravens just, they just they got their number, at least Lamar's. I mean, it's the first time Lamar has lost in the month of October in his career. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, it's just something about when those teams, two teams hook up. I like what Joe looks. I mean, I don't think he's available, to be honest with you, in any league, but. You might I have to go trade for him. Um, you, may, you may have to trade for this guy. I actually picked him up out the waiver in a single QB league. I, I picked him up off the waiver and started him because I had, I forgot who I had starting, but it was somebody that was on, I think I had Kirk Cousins in that league that was on by. But yeah, he, he was able to do what he needed to do, and I will definitely be holding on to him at this point. Another thing for uh, the listeners I want you to be mindful of, they play Baltimore again week 16. Mm. So this should be around that playoff time. And on week 17, they had the Kansas City Chiefs. So with that Love being it. said, this guy has a pretty juicy playoff um schedule coming if you look for your team to be around at this time and point of the year 
then this probably will be a guy that you want to have steering the boat. I also have on my go get him list Daniel Jones. The reason I have Daniel Jones is because he's putting up points with his best playmakers not playing. If at some point in time there aren't so many injuries on that team, I can only estimate that he should probably do a little bit better than what he's currently doing. And he's holding serve right now. He ended up in this previous week's game against Carolina. They ended up beating Carolina 25 to 3, which was actually one of the surprising games of the week for me. But for Daniel Jones to be able to put up close to 17 points um, in a in a traditional scoring league for QB, for him to be able to put up close to 17 points without having his favorite wide receiver, his his newly acquired supposed supposedly best wide receiver in Kenny Galladay not having Shepard out there who is his favorite target not having Darius Tony out there who is his most explosive target and having a, a hampered tight end out there who last year I believe got I want to say he was up there in the in in the top or most tight end targets so not having access to a lot of those playmakers I believe makes him a little less than what he could eventually be. So, I mean, we haven't seen the ceiling for Daniel Jones yet, and yet he's been a serviceable QB. And he is probably going to be a bit cheaper than a Joe Burrow, but I think he can put up the same numbers as Joe Burrow based on the fact that Joe doesn't really run. Daniel Jones may be the best running back on their team with Barkley being hurt. That's another guy that I might look at going to get right now. Yeah, I love Daniel Jones. I think going back to what I was saying earlier, I just feel like now he's finally getting more involved with the offense and his rapport with like, you know, these other guys like Ross. Uh, he got Slayton back this game, even Colin Johnson. Like he has a, a lot of versatility uh, at his disposal and he's a great running threat. Uh, like, like I was saying in like uh, episodes ago, he wasn't even using a, a whole lot of Garrett's offense. They dumbed it down, but now he's just, he's in his own right now. I definitely would go after him too especially with the matchups he got later on in the season. My last guy to go get was my start of the week last week, Dearness Johnson. He's still available in a lot of leagues. Some people are looking at it as, you know, lightning in a bottle. Oh, I didn't catch it last week. Let me just leave it alone. Go grab this guy if you need any type of running back help. We don't know when the totality of the Cleveland backfield will be back together again. So what that means is, okay, let's say Nick Chubb comes back a week or two. Okay, cool. Even when Chubb is healthy, Hunt always had a role. So as of right now, Dearness Johnson is both Chubb and Hunt, but he should have minimally for the next month a significant role in that offense. And we saw what he can do with the carries that he receives. So even if Chubb is to come back in the next week or two, I can see this guy still holding serve the same way Chubb and Hunt together would. Because we do know, um, according to the prognosis of the Hunt injury, he's going to be on the shelf for, you know, three to four weeks minimally is what they're currently saying. I would definitely go grab this guy as well. I think a guy that you can go get and maybe even a little bit uh, cheaper may cost you a little less. Then the Daniel Jones is Jameis Winston. Okay. You know, this guy last, well, they was on a bye this past week, but in week five, he attempted a season high of 30 passes. We're showing that they're getting a little more comfortable. They started to let him throw around a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also has the Mike, Michael Thomas uh, maybe coming back into the fold, which is a plus for this offense. 
And the schedule he has moving forward is, is, is pretty nice. He has Seattle this week. Next week, he goes against his OT, Tampa Bay, who we all know that's horrible against the pass. And he's going to be extra motivated. Um, he has Tampa Bay again this season. So he has them two more times this year. Still have the likes of Atlanta, Tennessee, even Miami on his schedule. So I definitely think you should make a, a run out of Jameis Winston as far as at the quarterback position as a player you might want to go grab. If I had one to go get, and I would believe it or not, he's coming off a slump right now. It's probably Kirk Cousins. I think this offense having a week off is actually a great thing for them. They're going to come back definitely a lot better. And that it worked well for Dalvin Cook, but also uh, Adam Thielen. I'm big on Adam Thielen. Kirk Cousins has played remarkably well, but I think he's going to find his own similar to um, maybe even a Burrow. I know that's kind of bold to say, but he has a lot of weapons, especially with KJ uh, Osborne balling out. We are all on the same page. I can definitely see Cousins doing what, and actually, it shouldn't be a surprise if if you've been paying attention in fantasy. Kirk Cousins has been doing this like the last two or three years. He'll he'll look like a guy that doesn't deserve to be on your roster, and then by the time you get to the end of the season, it's like that. If I had gotten him instead of picking a quarterback in the first, second, third round of my draft, I actually could have won. So I mean, he's one of those guys that's definitely going to hold serve, and he has weapons around him at this point, like you were saying with Adam Thielen, with having Jefferson, with having Dalvin Cook out there. He, he has a lot of weapons at his disposal that's going to prop him up a bit. He's a much more refined Sam Darnold when Christian McCaffrey is actually playing. That's his scenario with having Dalvin Cook. Having kind of the same general talent at wide receiver, if you say top in, I, I, I may say, you know, going forward, Jefferson may be a top, but as of right now, DJ Moore, I would say that they're in the same, you know, skill level, talent level. Thielen and Anderson are in the same general area, although they aren't producing the same. Um, so they have the same talent at their disposal. So I can definitely see that kind of working out um, prior to the end of the season. I have one last guy, and you guys want to listen to this one. Please go get Khalil Herbert. You think he's taking over? Khalil Herbert did the impossible this past week, which was having a solid rushing day against the NFL's toughest run defense, Tampa Bay. 18 carries for 100 yards against the Bucks. Mm. Are you crazy? Mm. Like, come on. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, this guy, he's also had some passing down work. Mm. So he's not one of those guys that's going to come up the field on third down. Um, and I think he's, I think he pretty much edged out a role even when Montgomery comes back. I mean, he's that legit. If you watch this guy run the ball, he's the real deal. Clearly, right? He's clearly right now to run uh, the RB one for the team right now, even with uh, Damian Williams there. Um, but he's getting a lot of praise from his coaches, teammates, and things like that. So, I mean, this guy is—he's official. So, if until Montgomery comes back, you definitely start this guy as your running back for sure. Do you think he's just going to be a fill-in, or do you think by the time Montgomery gets back, it's going to turn into a committee, which is what we try to steer clear of? Or do right. you think it'll end up just being a two-headed monster, and that means that Damian Williams will end up kind of riding the pine? How, how do you foresee that working out? I think when Montgomery comes back, it can definitely turn into a committee. You know, that that's uh, that hurts really the Montgomery owners because he was the guy going in that you thought was going to be the man. Back. So Herbert has played well enough to they have to give this guy the ball. You hear what I just said? He had 100 yards rushing on the Bucks. We've seen teams this year, week in, week out, don't not run the ball at all. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, we're not running Absolutely. at all. The Patriots did it. What's another team that did it this past year? Dallas Cowboys. What is I was about to say Dallas. Dallas I mean, Cowboys. And when they threw yeah, the ball like 50 times, you know what I mean? Zeke so, was broke because he. Right. We, we thought Zeke was done. Because so, why you. I mean, but yeah. I mean, so, you got, why you got teams not even attempting to run? This guy had 18 carries for 100. 
And it, I mean, he looked fluid. So definitely grab Khalil Herbert. He may be available in some of your leagues, but the, the secret's kind of getting out there. So you might want to go hurry up and get him. And especially in your dynasty situations, make oh, for offers sure. for these guys before they become household names. Um, what tends to happen with running back, we'll hold on to the running back too long in dynasty and then next thing you know there's zero trade value for him go ahead and get those those rookie running backs that are holding serve that no one really like your khalil harberts of the world go ahead and grab those guys because youth is normally more important um, at that particular position than anything else that they, they only have a few seasons for most of them where they're top notch anyway so go ahead and try to you know if at all possible e- even if it means working out a deal you could probably trade right now a wide receiver three that happened to you know pop this week for this running back that you should be able to use for the next about month worst case scenario so i definitely like going in that direction my first drop, and just for those of you guys that are listening to us for the first time or haven't listened to the Get Them, Drop Them, Keep Them show, drop does not literally mean that you're dropping them to the waiver in most cases. Most cases, drop just means you're getting them off of your team, which means nine times out of 10, you are attempting to find a trade heart. So the first person on this list for me, and this hurts my heart, but Antonio Gibson, I got to trade you. I, I got to go ahead and get whatever I can get for you now and just ride with whatever happens later on. Washington as a whole just isn't anywhere near where I thought they would be. They, they took a step back this year, and I don't know exactly what the hell is going on there, but Look, it may have a lot to do with the noise. That's I mean, you got feds and everybody coming in and out of your building. Emails that were emailed to your facility were the cause of a coach getting fired. I mean, it's it's a lot of asses that are tight around that building right now. And that may have a lot to do with what you're seeing from that Washington football team this year. I would have to go ahead and try to find a trade partner. There's a lot of teams out there that now, if you happen to be a running back needy team, then, you know, it's not going to work out. But there are a lot of running back needy teams out there. And if you aren't one of them and you can afford to let them go, I'd go ahead and try to trade that guy. Uh, my guy, my guy. And this hurt my heart because I'm, I'm a real big fan of this guy. But the time has come for us to say goodbye to our family. <laughs> uh, Julio Jones, man. Oh, man. Yeah. The, the time has passed. I think we've seen enough. Old man winner. <laughs> um, this past week he had four targets, cut two balls for 38 yards, and it's funny going into this season. We thought this is going to be a dream come true. I mean, you have the best running back in the league, who's going to give you one. If you watch the Titans play, they got one on ones everywhere. Like teams are stacking the box and they're playing one on one on the outside. So you expected Julio Jones and AJ Brown to take advantage of those one on one matchups, but it's not happening. I never thought I'd see the day where teams are comfortable putting one corner on Julio Jones, but it's going down. So uh, this is a guy for me that it's time for you to drop, trade, whatever you call it. I also have Miles Sanders, who you might not be able to trade at this point. (laughs) (laughs) But if you can, again, there's some running back needy teams out there. If they're really running back needy, they probably are not likely to trade now because of the ankle. And we don't know if he'll actually be able to play next week. If that news comes back that the ankle was minor and he's going to be a go, trade this guy immediately. Not because he doesn't have the talent. I don't know what the hell this coaching staff is doing. Like, they they don't even remotely give him opportunities to succeed. And the coach himself, he he had a quote this past week saying, you know, Miles is one of our most talented guys and we got to find a way to get on the ball more. You the dude in charge. What do you mean? Not only that, but you the play caller. So when coaches say stuff like that, it just pisses me off because 
who else is gonna get them more touches if not you? Like what what are you who are you blaming this on at this point? You're the play caller and the head coach. I don't know. The Eagles may be in for a, a rebuild. They may just need to just start from scratch because nothing that they have is, is working out quite right. I don't see you being anywhere close to the Cowboys or even the Giants, for that matter, when healthy. So, and if Washington can pull their head out of their behind, you, you're literally, literally looking at being a bottom feeder in this division. I mean, the division isn't all that great. So now might be a prime time to go ahead and stack those uh, picks and try to rebuild. As far as I'm concerned, Hertz normally pulls out a, a, a few points here and there just because of his ability to run. But there's nothing really there that's going to be consistent. So Miles Sanders is another drop slash trade candidate for me. I spoke of this guy a few minutes ago. It's another wide receiver. And I'm going to say Tyler Boyd of the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, at this point, he's the odd man out when it comes to his uh, offense at the wide receiver as far as the Bengals seem like they turn into kind of a pass-heavy offense. They're kind of getting away from running the ball, but he's the guy that's that's distant when it comes to getting those targets and getting those that production. So I think uh, I'm not going to go into a big spill about why you should get rid of him or why you should trade this guy, but Tyler Boyd, wide receiver, Cincinnati Bengals, it's time for you to drop this guy. Like it, like it. It's time to drop slash trade Tony Pollard. Gallup is definitely going to come back into this offense, and I think mm. uh, one of the reasons why you benefited from Tony Pollard is that he has high capabilities as a receiver out of the backfield. He's at the most high his value right now, but if you're a playoff steady team uh, who has Tony Pollard, or you're somebody who's in contention to kind of fill out the fourth or fourth through sixth kind of slot. Using somebody like Tony Pollard is a you know viable piece in the trade is going to be pivotal. It's not to say he's not going to play any better, but those receptions are definitely going to come down vastly with Gallup uh, approaching healthy in the coming weeks. I'm glad you brought that up, Joe, because Gallup may be someone that I may want to keep an eye on if you're looking for a wide receiver in a high-powered offense, maybe to kind of fill in here and there. Maybe you've uh, experienced a few injuries. Gallup is on the way back, and he is most likely likely either on waivers or on somebody's IR spot. And he's been chilling there for a minute. So they may be willing to move him. Uh, maybe you can move him right on over to your team into your I I IR spot until he comes back. But uh, it, and that's that's the type of move that if I see, let's say, a Rondell Moore or someone of that nature that's on the waiver right now that I'm kind of, you know, just keeping an eye on, maybe I make a trade for someone that I might have otherwise been willing to drop. Um, I'll go ahead and send that person on over to another team, get Gallup, who instantly goes into my IR spot, which also instantly creates an open spot on my roster. So I can go ahead and get that guy that I was eyeballing on the waiver, who I was actually almost willing to drop the person that I just got the trade off for. So that's a, a, another tactic that you can use. Uh, same thing with Michael Thomas. See if you can get a trade off for him until he comes back. You now have that the hotness, if you will, that was on the waiver. You would have your uh, the spot for your Dearness Johnson. You would have your spot for several of the the breakouts, if you will, your um, AJ Greens that we told you to pick up previously. You know that you're in that two quarterback league, and you just had someone get hurt, and you need to have that additional QB. You you would have those spots. Uh, that's just one way to go about doing that. My next drop, and this is this may just literally be a drop. Only, the only way you don't drop him is if you're in a 2QB league or if you are in Dynasty. 
Matt Nagy sucks as a coach, and it's just not going to work out for Justin Fields as long as that's his head coach. He's going to go the same way of Trubisky if they don't get Matt Nagy up out of Chicago. So as of this fantasy year, I don't foresee I don't foresee him being serviceable. He may have a, a game here or there, but he's going to crush you in between those. So again, Justin Fields, nah, I'm, I'm sorry. That, that's my guy. I'm a Buckeye. It hurts me to the heart to have to say it, but I, I gotta, I gotta let you go, buddy. Definitely second that motion. <laughs> oh yeah, I had uh, Jamal Williams as another one of my trade drop slash trade options. The right has been on the wall since they said it about DeAndre Swift uh, being the lead back. And I actually was kind of skeptical because we only saw, you know, one, two games and they had like a split backfield. But these last four games have been all but telling as to his usage, even his receiving after that big receiving game. Man. Uh, he's another piece that if you're looking to kind of stack people together, like this is an easy get, get rid of a player kind of move. I don't think he has as much. Uh, upside as long as Swift is healthy. Swift is just in the zone, man. He really is. That boy is showing out. He, he He's making me have to make some hard decisions because I, I promise I almost started him this week over Mixon or Aaron Jones and he actually outscored both. So I'm glad I won that game. I'd have been mad at myself for not going with my for not going with my gut, but He's up there. He's a he's one of the top performers as far as fantasy is concerned. Right now, he's almost a candidate for fantasy MVP based on where you could get him and what he's producing. The last guy that I have on my list to go ahead and make a trade is Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, he put up a touchdown. He had, a, a like I said, a chest injury, but he'll be back after the bye. I would try to go ahead and move this guy. He's been nicked up all year. They have several serviceable running backs, so I don't foresee him getting the load. It may be difficult to find the perfect trade partner for this guy, but again, this time of year with running backs being hurt and other running backs underperforming, a lot of times you you might be able to make a little package that makes sense based on the person needing a running back and possibly needing an upgrade in another uh, position, and maybe you try to do like a two-for-one. Like If you want to go for the gusto at QB, maybe you put a, a Josh Jacobs and then you put a um, a nice, you know, wide receiver one. If you had, you know, multiple wide receivers um, that you have on your team that you can run out every week, and now you go ahead and you get that top-notch QB uh, for that package, and then you backfill with uh, someone that you may have seen on the waiver. But uh, Josh Jacobs is definitely one that I would go ahead and look at trading. Last category: our keeps. These are the people that we are fingers crossed, hoping that they will get back what they normally are, or they will turn into what we saw them developing into at some point in time in the very near future. Atop of that list for me, although he did get a touchdown this week, is Calvin Ritt. With a touchdown in a standard league, he still only put up like eight and a half points. That's no bueno. Um, you got six points for the touchdown. There are no yards being gained by this guy. And if the offensive coordinator can't figure this thing out soon, he may not be the offensive coordinator very long. Calvin Ridley is a guy that I think you should keep. And I'll run through my other two real quick. Um, Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick might just be the best wide receiver on the Broncos, but he doesn't get the fanfare. This man does not drop passes. He runs pristine routes. He always makes himself, he's an easy target for a quarterback, but for whatever reason, they just don't like targeting this guy. 
but I believe that, especially in Dynasty Leagues, hold on to this guy if you got him. I can see uh, with KJ Hamler being back, Jerry Judy being back, I can see him being traded or even being cut in the offseason and wherever he goes. if As long as they actually utilize him and he gets some volume, um, he's going to be well worth the stash, especially in Dynasty. I still believe that in redraft this season, he is a great uh, wide receiver three or a, you know, first up off the bench type of a guy at wide receiver. Because, like I said, if they throw the ball his way and it's within his vicinity, he's going to catch it. And lastly, keep Darrell Williams of the Kansas City Chiefs. I know he had a, a horrible game, but Kansas City should theoretically still be one of the top offenses in the league whatever it is they got going on we have to have faith that they're going to figure it out and when they figure it out that guy is going to continue in my opinion for the year to be their goal line back even when Clyde comes back um, and he's going to get some carries and some targets in here and there even when not on the goal line so that would be my three that I suggest that you figure out a way to keep what do you guys got I know it's going to sound kind of Maybe a little off, but and this guy, I think he's still the top at his position, but I think you should keep Travis Kelsey. I know he's not putting up the numbers of old the last couple of games. It does seem like teams are starting to figure out the Kansas City Chiefs as a whole. You may think, hey, I can get rid of this guy, go get another position, but I think you should hold on to him. I think he could, uh, you know, come in and reward you in the, in the stretch moving forward. Uh, so I would definitely keep Travis Kelsey on, on my team. And also another keep that I had, was uh, Carson Wentz. Mm, okay. I think I should keep this guy. You know, one thing about a lot of these names and people, it don't look sexy. You know what I'm saying? The game may look ugly, but at the end of the day, it's all about the numbers. And if I got higher numbers than you, then I win. So this is one of those guys I think you should definitely keep in the fold. Moving forward, I think he can win you some games. I would say Carson Wentz. He's in, he's in a similar position as the Daniel Jones, um, as we were talking about before. Um, he, he's putting up points in spite of. Like, if you can put up almost 20 fantasy points in that torrential downpour, man, like, w- what would you have done if it was a nice, sunny California night as normal? Sure. So, I, I definitely like that thing. So, I'm going triple receiver for my okay. two folks. Henry Ruggs, T. Higgins, and Allen Robinson. We already know Ruggs already. He, unfortunately, he, he is getting utilized, but he is having those lapses. Not saying with drops, but he is not coming down with those some of those catchable balls that we, we would think he would have. T. Higgins, like like we all know, Chase is going crazy. And he's we still got to keep being in mind he is coming back from uh, injury. And Higgins has never been one of those overly athletic guys. So I think that he's really still getting acclimated kind of being back on the field. But we already know his upside. And I think he'll be heavily targeted once again in the red zone. He's very similar to me to Mike Williams to where we already know what to expect him from him inside the 20. And then Allen Robinson. I mean, like this guy is just a thousand yard guy regardless. He's almost like Mike Evans when healthy. And this time he is healthy. So I, I would definitely expect them to turn it around. They have to. If anyone's to get them going and to you know to actually open up the offense it's going to be Allen Robinson so for this coming Thursday just to give a little sneak peek into that game because the show may or may not be available to listen to prior to the start time of the game um, you have Green Bay that's going to be going up against Arizona Green Bay's defense is really nothing to be afraid of um, especially uh, with having 
Alexander, Zaire Alexander, um, still nicked up their their best cornerback. I can see this game being a been been almost a game of the week type of a situation. Arizona's offense has been holding serve. I don't know that they'll be able to keep Green Bay in check, though. So I'm thinking that this is going to be one of those start them if you got them type games. The only the only question that I would have is, do you start an Arizona defense that has been one of the top scoring defenses as far as fantasy points are concerned? Do you risk that against Green Bay? All of the other fantasy starters, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Tyler Murray, Arizona running backs, Chase Edmonds, James Conner, Hopkins, Green, Ertz. You're going to start all those guys, but would you risk starting the Arizona defense against Green Bay? I wouldn't want to start them against Green Bay. What are, what are my options here? True. I mean, you know, 32 think, teams. You think they'll end up where at the end of the at the end of the fantasy week ballpark? Bottom third. Okay, which means that there's somebody currently on your waiver if you have the spot. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't drop them to pick up a, a one week fill in. Right. But if you have that additional opening there that you can get a second defense that maybe a, a spot start just for the week, that right. may be the direction to go as far as that's concerned. Um, sure. Any uh, fantasy players in this game that you have any apprehension about, or any sneaky starts from this particular game? It seems like the kid Lazard is starting to come into fold a little bit in that Green Bay offense. Definitely going with Tunyon. Tunyon, um, he definitely was slept on the last few games. He only he didn't have over ten yards. I don't think the last two games before yesterday. I like actually Arizona defense, not as far as taking them in fantasy, but I think they're going to really play well to what the Packers like to do, and they're going to get Chandler Jones back, which is going to you know he was in COVID protocol. Hopefully, he comes back in time for Thursday game. I think that's why he was held out. It's going to be a closer game. Game, a lower points game fantasy for everybody. I think Tanyan definitely going to find the end zone. And you got to give Aaron Jones the end zone as well. Those are the two I like the most. And that wraps up today's show. Again, if you're looking for us, you can find us on Twitter, fantasy underscore fiend, on Instagram at fantasy football fiend, and on Facebook at the fantasy football fiend family Facebook group. And we out. Mm-hmm.